Hi, my name is Lawrence, and I am very privileged to be part of an amazing staff and an incredible group of volunteers at Clearview Community Church. We're one church in four locations. I think you should check us out online and definitely reach us if that serves you in any way. I remember back in grade seven. Do you remember those days? We were 12 in grade seven, or at least I was. I remember trying out for the volleyball team. I was a setter. And I also remember trying out for the House League hockey select team. What did that mean? Well, everybody joined House League, but the selects, woo. They, you had to, uh, you had to uh, try out for them. And I later participated in tryouts for a rep hockey team. That was a big deal for me. They played at a whole new level altogether. Well, we'd have one tryout, then we'd have a second. And sometimes when it was close, we'd even have a third. Then a day or two later, you know what happened, right? The list was posted somewhere for all to see the results. And hopefully, like everybody else who tried out, you were saying, I just hope that my name is on the list of those who are chosen. The same was true for school plays. Are there any actors and actresses watching? I love doing school plays, imagine. Over the years, I played the role of Huckleberry Finn. I was a child in the play Oliver, you remember that? More, please. <laughs> I was Issachar, one of the brothers in that great play, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I learned so much about the book of Genesis that year when I was in grade seven and even in grade eight. Of course, when I auditioned in hopes to get a part, you know what I loved? When I was chosen to participate. Today I want to talk to you about Jesus who chooses people. We're walking through the book of Luke and we're in a series called Investigating Jesus. I like saying to the people at the Wasaga campus, the Bible's a book about God. So what are we going to learn about him today? Let's do that as we walk through some things together. Jesus, he's concerned about you. Yeah, individuals. He spoke to great crowds, but it was incredible. His message was to every individual. And he took time to help people personally and to call many of these individuals specifically. Incredible how he did it. Now the purpose in him calling these individuals, are you ready? Was to transform that person and then to send that person so that they would share his great love and forgiveness. What a mission. Let's read about this choosing in Luke chapter six, verse 12 to 16. It reads like this. One of those days, watch days, in the life and ministry of Jesus, he went out to the mountainside to pray. Oh, now there's a word, prayer. Most people are familiar with it. I'm, I'm told that most people are open to praying. What is it? It's simply the practice of communicating with God. Well, Jesus went to the mountainside in his practice of communicating with his heavenly father. And the Bible says he spent the whole night praying to God. 
When morning came, he called his disciples, right? Those who were following him. And then he went, you, 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 11, 12. He chose 12 of them. And he says, you, I'm also designating apostles. That's a curious word, apostle. I don't use that in my day-to-day -day conversations, do you? But let's talk about that in a minute. Before we get there, let's finish the passage. Who is it that he designated apostles? Who did he call? Verse 14, Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, oh, we've heard his name, but this is the son of James, and then Judas Iscariot, uh, that's probably the one you're thinking of. He later became a traitor. Pray with me, would you? Lord Jesus, thanks for the Bible. We pray together that as we investigate you, Jesus, that we would truly learn something that transforms us in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that word, apostle, a curious word. It's in our text. What is it? Here's the definition. The status of being an envoy of Jesus Christ commissioned directly by him who is invested with the authority to speak on his behalf. Okay, I've had some time to wrap my mind around it. I love it. Okay, dictionary.com, let's go to what's an envoy? Another word I don't use very often. Definition simply, a messenger. An envoy is a representative, especially one on a diplomatic mission. So then you have it. Apostle is the status of being a messenger or a representative commissioned directly by Jesus. So that's an apostle. Apostleship is the broader word, a more comprehensive term, and it's denoting the functions of the one who's acting in this capacity as apostle. So let's do a little bit of deepen. I've enjoyed it. One of our pastors, Pastor Clayton, last week he preached at the Wasaga campus and talked about nerding out, and he was excited about stuff. Well, there's a measure of that going on in me today as we consider this word apostle. A little bit of background. There's the Greeks used this concept of the word apostle differently than how Jewish people did. Let's talk about the differences. The Greeks, they, they, it, it was not used outside, pardon me, let's say that again. The Greek word for apostle is not used outside the New Testament in the same way that it is in the New Testament. But it comes from the verb to send. So it's at home with the language, here it is, of the sea, meaning the ship, can you see the mariner? A group of ships or a marine expedition. And when the Greeks are using it this way, it's almost always impersonal, very passive. There's no hint of personal initiative or authorization. It's just the connotation of something being sent. I imagine it like a, one of these big freighters, just move that stuff from here to here and away we go. Believe it or not, that's the same kind of word being used, but it's sent. It reminds me of a time when I was on the Atlantic Ocean and I thought it would be a good idea to take command of the vessel. This is a true story. My grandfather is a Newfoundlander 
And uh, he was on the Atlantic Ocean often as a tuna fisherman. And he had a three-tiered uh, schooner. I'm not sure of all the technology or terminology or whatever, but he had this boat, three tiers. And I remember as a little kid climbing right up to the top and I saw the wheel. I thought, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take a hold of this wheel. And the next thing you know, who's moving the ship? Oh my goodness, I let go of it, scared the liver out of me. He righted us back into the right direction. And from that moment till this, uh, <laughs> my uh, marriage in her days and career, it was over. Just as simple as that. So the Greeks would use the term apostle, that verb, that wor word, the verbiage, as it pertains to the sea. That's the Greeks. Now the Jewish usage is totally different. I'm going to go back to a story in 1 Kings chapter 14, and there's a phrase that says, the, the prophet said, I have been sent. Incredible story, read about it in 1 Kings 14. But the prophet named Ahijah used this phrase and the Hebrew verb underlying it says, I have been sent, had become a technical term in the Old Testament, ready? For the sending of a messenger with a special task. This was the prophet. And although accepting responsibility and agreeing to accomplish what is asked of you. So the, that person, the messenger still, watch this, fades far behind the importance of the commission itself. Are you getting that? Attention is to be focused on the initiator. Hey, I want this, I'm commissioning you. Oh, this is the important, the one who commissions and what the commission is even more so than the person himself or herself. Perhaps the clearest example of this from the Bible is from Isaiah chapter six, verse eight, another prophet, Isaiah, and he said these words, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, here I am, send me, apostle. This is the idea of the word. You feeling the texture? So when God's prophet Ahijah back in 1 Kings 14 is described as the one who is sent, the conviction is expressed that he is divinely commissioned, and he was, a representative who needed to convey a message from God, and who was it to? In this case, to the king of the land. His name was Jeroboam. And it wasn't good news, by the way, but that's another story. So by using the word apostle in this passage, the translators of the original manuscripts, in this case, the Septuagint, it's called, but you know, the people who make it easy for us to understand, they gave it a meaning beyond the classical usage, and here we go. And these translators, they replaced the secular meaning with a theological one. Okay, so we've been nerding out. Greeks, Jewish understanding, now we get a little bit more depth about this word, apostle. The word is used of individuals, people, who are temporary, te temporarily authorized to carry fully, get this, in their own person, the person and rights of another in the accomplishment of some act. 
The oft-cited passage from the Mishnah, what is that? The first major written collection of Jewish oral traditions. So much was passed on by, uh, in storytelling from fathers to children. Well, they gathered these stories in the first written collection called the Mishnah. It says this, the one who is sent, and the idea is the apostle, is the same as the one who sends. In other words, this is how I get it. If I send you and they receive you, well, in fact, they're receiving me. Now, the length of this relationship, hey, I want you, apostle, you who I'm sending, you who I'm commissioning, how long is this relationship? Well, it extended until the successful completion of the task. The agreement was made void upon the return of the one who had completed the task. And while the initiative for such a transaction is from the one who sends, hey, who will I send? Okay, I want to initiate sending you. Okay, while the initiative is on the sender, oh, this is so big. The carrying out of the assignment faithfully depends on who? Of course, the one being sent. So the willing agreement of the one commissioned. Oh, in this sense, we can simply say it's the active participation of the representative who has been sent. However, the exact nature of the mission, who decides what the mission is? Well, that depends on the one who's sending. The specific commission is outlined by the one who sends. Rabbis, who are these people? Jewish scholars and teachers, they applied this designation apostle to specific Old Testament figures as well. So you'll get this, because they performed individual acts normally reserved for God. You get that? Normally God does it. Now we got a person doing it. What? They use this term as though, like the same wording, apostle. Who? Moses. Okay, we've heard of him. He causes water to spring from a rock, for heaven's sakes. Elijah brings rain, and he raises the dead. Another guy named Elisha, he opens a mother's wombs. Well, wait, what? Who does that? Well, God does. And yet, these people did. How could we describe that? Apostle-like, yeah. So let's consider then the New Testament. I've given some ideas from the Old Testament. And specifically, let's go to the very passage, our text that we read already. From among the wider group of those who followed Jesus, disciples, followers, right? He chooses, remember, 12 men. One, two, 11, 12. Okay, guys. They maintain with him a particularly close relationship, get this, receiving private instruction, witnessing his miracles and controversies with the Jewish authorities. And on one occasion, Jesus sends these men out to preach the message of repentance. Look at, preach that message, cast out demons, heal the sick, what? Minister in ways that were characteristic of what you've seen me do, boys. And then Jesus says this, he who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And not only that, that person who rejects you is rejecting the very one who sent me. 
Are you getting that? It's clear that the 12 are not merely to pass Jesus' teaching on, but to represent his very person. And what did Jesus call this? He designated them apostles. Transition with me, friends. Jesus, he died on a cross. He was buried. And thank God, three days later, he rose from the dead. You know what the Bible tells us? History tells us that people saw him after he had risen from the dead. And these appearances of Christ after he had resurrected not only witnessed to the amazing fact that indeed he is alive and he did get up from the dead, but in this, as he's risen from the dead and he's walking and people are seeing, he speaks, ready? And it includes this distinct commission, right? The initiator, here goes. Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You see, someone's commissioned him. All authority given to me. Therefore, now he extends, go you and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything what? I have commanded you. You go and teach them always to the end up, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The sending of the 12, our passage of scripture, which was limited in time and space, now becomes so much more. Did you catch that? You, you, 11, 12, now post-resurrection. Jesus gives this discourse known as the Great Commission. The continuation of his ministry resident in the apostle now takes on the form of proclamation and representation of Christ on behalf, what? Of all people. Friends, I have been sent by Jesus to tell you not about me, about him and his amazing salvation. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Are you following Jesus? I am. And today, as one sent by God himself, as his ambassador, his apostle, if you will, based on our message today. I also would like, the make, I would like to make the call right now to every one of you who's listening and watching to follow Jesus. Why don't you take this time to follow him, to receive him as your Lord and Savior, even right now. It's very easy for you to do so. From your heart, you pray. Remember Jesus went up and prayed? Let's have a conversation with God. And from your heart, pray to God this prayer, just like this, ready? Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I turn away from my sin, come into my life, I make you my Lord and Savior, amen. Those who prayed that prayer, I want you to know that God heard you. He forgave you, you have been 
born again, made brand new, just as though you had never sinned. Here's what I want you to do. Tell someone at Clearview Community Church, come give us a year of your life. What, hang out, hang around us, come to church. Let us help you in your next steps in your incredible journey with Jesus. Bible says these words from Numbers chapter six. I wanna pray and speak them over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a fantastic week.